You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. Johnson. Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for The Good Wife. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip about The Good Wife. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for The Good Wife! Welcome, After Buzzers, to After Buzz TV for The Good Wife. It is our first episode back in 2012, and we have a lot of catching up to do. I'm your host, Billy Nellis, and I am going to break down the last two episodes that have aired since the new year. Um, episodes 12 and 13 of season 3, Alienation of Affection and Bitcoin for Dummies. We've got a lot to talk about, um, but before we get into that, I want to remind everybody, if you're just listening to us on our iTunes podcast, we have just updated our website, www.afterbuzztv.com, where you can watch us streaming live all of our shows. Um, there's no more... Uh, tricky blah 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 websites to go to. We're streamlined all in one place, streaming right there, www.afterbuzztv.com. So if you're just listening to us on iTunes and want to know what we look like, check us out. Um, but let's jump right into it. We've got so much to talk about um, in these last two episodes. We've seen so much movement in the major storyline this season regarding Will and this... Um, this case that's being brought against him by the state's attorney's office being spearheaded by Wendy Scott Carr. Um, So we're going to do things a little differently this week. Usually when we only talk about one episode, we talk a lot about the cases, even if they aren't involved in these um, overlying storylines. But since we have so much to talk about today, um, we're only going to talk about the things that are the most important. Um, Jumping right into it, this first episode back, Alienation of Affection, was a huge one. Um, we see the firm in a bit of turmoil. There is a lawsuit being brought against them by a couple whose divorce had been handled by David Lee and Alicia when Alicia was in her first year um, at Lockhart Gardner. Um, and there's a bunch of specifics to this case. They, In the midst of the divorce, the husband um, was forced to sell his company that has now made um, a, turned a huge profit. And the, com- the couple believes that they are owed money that they... Th- Team they've lost, and they believe that Lockhart Gardner, David Lee, and Alicia have defrauded them, um, and in in respects um, caused them to lose this money. So we open the episode um, with this really um, intense and sort of humorous segment where we see this Australian man who we come to know as Jack Copeland, um, this basically a process server who um, serves each Diane, Alicia, and Will um, in all of their various um, goings-ons when they're not at work. Um, Diane thinks she's being hit on inside of an art studio when, in fact, she is being served. Um, so the suit's being brought against them. They believe, that, you know, there was all these specifics. There was a stripper that the firm did, in fact, hire, but they won't ever admit that um, to sort of prove that he was, the husband wasn't, wasn't monogamous and was, in fact, cheating on his wife. Um, 
and they're scrambling. They're trying to prove that they were not at fault, even though they, in fact, were. But they're trying to hide any respects that they were at fault. Um, because, as we come to find out, that their malpractice will not cover this loss. And each equity partner is, in fact, on the line for $1.2 million um, if if this goes wrong. If, and if they do lose. Um, the The whole case sort of hinges on this conflict of interest um paper that is signed was supposed to have been signed by the wife that's supposed to be signed apparently in every divorce proceeding um and as Kalinda does some digging to go find this document we find out that it um even though it's been logged into their system there is no evidence of this paper existing and of course we find out that alicia is the one who was said to have filed this paper um so alicia is in a panic throughout most of this first episode um, because her really her job is at stake. If if they can't find this paper, if the paper was in fact never signed, all of this falls on Alicia's shoulders. Um, David Lee magically finds the document, and we are at first led to believe that the day has been saved, that nothing will go wrong at this point. Um, but Alicia herself starts to. F- worry starts to realize that she doesn't really think that this paper is accurate. As we saw earlier in the episode, David Lee brings her documents to sign regarding her own situation, and she believes that this document was in that set of paperwork. Um, so now we're we're scrambling and worrying. Alicia's afraid of what she should do. She doesn't know if she needs to come forward or not. Um, Diane very cannily advises her to admit to things the, to the best of her recollection and to not sort of incriminate herself in any sort of proceeding um the the day is still saved at the at the end because jack copeland the processor from the beginning who actually has begun to take a liking to diane um lets them in on a little bit of information that when he served papers to the husband who was suing them he was with a girlfriend and not the wife so we in fact the case is able to be dropped the day is saved um even though this document was in fact forged, which is a very important point to remember because as we get into episode 13, Bitcoin for Dummies, in just a second, that plays a huge plot point in in a lot of proceedings. Um, but what I think was interesting about this episode is I love that it set up a new romantic um, situation for Diane. We've only seen her involved in romance very fleetingly, and this came about um, in the process of episodes one and two in various guest starring episodes um, with Gary Cole's character as the the gunslinging Republican, basically the antithesis to Diane Lockhart. Um, so we see Diane has this sort of, this penchant for for bad guys, for for the wrong sort of man. And so she is attracted to to Jack um, when, when we see him... Sp- serve papers to somebody else in their building and the way he sort of roughs the guy up to make him take the papers. Um, we definitely see that Diane is intrigued. So I'm hoping we're all sort of hoping here that this goes further, that we see him come back. It was a fun little bit of segment, a little bit of, um, a little bit of lightness for Diane. This, this season has been so heavy with her worrying where her business is going to go, what's going on with Will and what is this going to do to her? Uh, so it was nice for us to be able to see, a point in time where Diane was able to sort of enjoy herself. Um, but speaking of Will, um, as we had spoken about before we went on our break, we had brought to you guys the news that Elsbeth Tanner was coming back 
and she was going to be um, working as Will's lawyer in his case against the state's attorney's office against Winnie Scott Carr. And this week, um, this episode was where we see him hire her. Um, Will is sort of running scared. He's met with a couple of lawyers before he goes and talks to Elspeth, and one advises him straight up just to admit to it and to take the jail time and to let them take strip him of his of his um, ability to practice law because there's really nothing else that he can do according to all of these other lawyers. Um, but he goes to Elsbeth. We have this great scene that continues this sort of idea that Elsbeth is this ins- insanely smart woman who is very, very odd, but and very, very, I don't even want to call her ditzy, but there are these moments like we see in this episode where her, her office is being painted Everything is covered by these sort of cloths to to cover the carpet and her phone is somehow underneath it and it's not supposed to be on and it just keeps ringing and she can't find it. Um, this I love this scene because it sort of reintroduces her and it shows how Will is so weary of her yet he's going off of the advice of Alicia that she's a good lawyer but she is very strange but she knows what she's doing. And we see her very quickly in... In right in her mind, right away, come to the idea that Wendy Scott Carr has mentioned that there are judges who she thinks Will has worked with, but she will not name who the judges are. At this point, Elsbeth thinks that either she doesn't have any actual judges, or she ne- Wendy needs to be strong-armed into admitting who those judges are so that they can go on the defensive and figure out what exactly Wendy thinks she knows. Um... We have some great scenes where, where Wendy, excuse me, where Elsbeth um, tracks Wendy down, runs into her while she's taking her children to see some sort of stage show that involves animals, um, and really rattles her, and really sort of puts her on edge and lets her know that they're onto her game, that they are going to um, leak some names to the press of judges who are in fact honorable to to get the courthouse. Um, against Wendy because Wendy needs judges to sign off on anything she's going to bring against Will. And if the judges who are good believe that Wendy is trying to bring suit against them, um, Wendy won't really have very many options. So we do see that Elspeth has leaked these names. We see Wendy in her office and Carrie in the office very briefly fielding a bunch of phone calls left and right from judges who are furious, from newspapers who want quotes. um, And Wendy is sort of done playing games. She's been backed up against the wall. And whether this was a smart move or not on Elspeth and Will's part um, will will be seen at a later date. But this is when Wendy finally decides to serve Will with an indictment. And that's where we sort of left that at that point. Um, A few more pieces to note from Alienation of Affection. We have one brief scene with Carrie where the, the lawyer representing the divorced couple, um, brings Carrie in because he was in fact working on this case as it was both of their first years before he was fired. He was also involved. Um, and as viewers were, were unaware whether Carrie is going to help the firm or whether his continual anger and bitterness towards Lockhart Gardner is going to, um, seep through and, and in fact, damn them. Um, and it turns out that he doesn't, and he, in fact, protects them and sticks up for them. And as we find out later, it wasn't really very necessary for him to be there as the case was thrown out anyway. 
but he could have done something to to attack Lockhart Gardner, and he didn't. And I think it's important that we note this, um, as Carrie is such a central figure in what is going on at the state's attorney's office, um, that it's something that I think we all need to watch and note as to see what Carrie is going to do from here on out as Winnie Scott Carr intensifies her witch hunt for Lockhart Gardner. Um, and this episode also brought about a great new conflict with Eli and David Lee. Um, as I said earlier, with this case, the each equity partner would have been on the hook for $1.2 million. As Eli has now become an equity partner, he's furious because he has no fault. He wasn't there when this happened, yet he's now potentially on the line to lose $1.2 million. Um, and so it sort of sets into motion a bit of chess game between the two of them. Eli wants David Lee gone. Um, and by the end of the episode, Diana sort of become mother hen and told the two petulant children to squash their drama and to get over it, that neither of them are going anywhere. She needs them both and to let it go. Um, but I don't really think this is the end of this. And I, I hope it's not because it's interesting. It gives Eli a little bit more to do rather than just his own cases in the office. Um, and I think that will be um, some great sparring matches between the two of them. Um, but so jumping on to our most recent episode, Bitcoin for Dummies, um, continuing what's been going on well, with Will and... Before you continue, Billy, I do want to commend you. For those of you listening, I know Billy, Billy explained it phenomenally at the beginning of every uh, of the episode. But for those of you listening, um, I do want to say, hey, Billy's doing a very nice job. Uh, he's here. Uh, the reason why we didn't do the past episodes was because he was sick, unfortunately. And so uh, so I personally want to commend him for coming in and, uh, you know, doing this because I know a lot of you have been asking about where's the episodes, where's the episodes. Um, and fortunately, there was a conflict schedule-wise with uh, Natasha and Christy, so they couldn't do it um, today. But we wanted to get these done for you guys. So, you know what? Thank you, Billy. Oh. That's on behalf of all the fans. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, so let's jump into Bitcoin for Dummies because there's so much more to get to and we have such a limited amount of time. Um, but so continuing this whole situation with Will, which was a big part of this last episode, um, Elizabeth has been able to find out which judges Wendy thinks are involved and she and Will have this great discussion over whether there is anything um, that can incriminate him, whether he's actually done anything that Wendy can be using. Um, Will reveals to Elspeth as he reveals to us, I believe this is news to us, I don't remember in the last two and a half seasons if we've ever learned this information, um, that Will had this $8,000 debt that was forgiven by a bookie who was involved in these basketball games, um, who also worked with the judges. But Will is insistent on the fact that there's nothing else that's happened. There may be one case that went their way when it shouldn't have, but it is just because he's, as he puts, sometimes the ball just falls funny that way. So he is insistent that nothing has happened, but he does produce this folder of information that he thinks could be incriminating if their files are to be um, requested by the state's attorney's office as evidence to be turned over to the to the state's attorney's office. So the Elspeth says but doesn't say that Will needs to get rid of this. Will says but doesn't tell Kalinda that to get rid of it. Everything is being sort of spoken in code, you know, of course, because no one should be put in a position where they can incriminate themselves and perjure themselves on the stand. Um, so he gives Kalinda this information 
and we are said to be- said to believe that Kalinda is just going to get rid of it. Um, but as I was speaking of, we we remember that there's this this document that was forged that's floating around, um, and very quickly it comes back to be used against the firm um, as Dana is ordered by Wendy to push against Kalinda for information and to use this this document that has been handed over to them um, as a bit of leverage. So we see this meeting between Dana and Kalinda where Dana flat out says, you know, this document was given to us and it would ruin your, it would ruin Alicia Florek's career. I would hate to use it. I hope I don't have to. And we see Kalinda hand over the folder and take the document and, and just get up and walk out of the bar. And that's sort of where we're left um, in this, in regards to this, this major storyline for this season. Um, I, I think the big question for all of us is what exactly did Alicia hand over? And I have some ideas and when we get to our predictions, um, I'll talk about that. But I think that I mean, I'm hoping that that isn't, it isn't what we thought we saw. Um, but so that's where we're left. They've been given that information, um, or they think they've been given this sort of incriminating information um, to to take Will down. Um, and we also had a great little bit of family storyline this week with Alicia as well. Um, we saw the return of Zach. Um, we learned that all this time he's been dating Nisa. We haven't really heard about Nisa in a while since last season. Um, we thought maybe there was something going on between Zach and Eli's daughter, as we saw in the first half of the season. Apparently that's not true. Um, but we see Zach and Nisa together, and Alicia overhears them saying, I love you. Um, and she seems to be startled and taken aback, um, which continues the theme of Alicia has been, she feels she's been too far away from her family. Um, you know, we saw that. That's why she ended things with Will. She was so terrified by what could have happened to Grace. I think a lot of the season is about Alicia trying to figure out how to balance this career that she's found herself in, yet still maintain a, um, a firm control over her family. Um, and I think that she feels she's losing that bit of control. And I think that this week just continued that. Um, but we see that Zach is a little bit more cunning than his sister. And he, in a in a bit of um, great strategy, pits Jackie against Alicia by bringing Nisa to Peter's apartment, where he clearly knows Jackie will be, and has Jackie see them and sort of parrots the same thing that Alicia says in the fact that, you know, they should see each other a little less. Um, Alicia's concerns are obviously much more harmless, whereas Jackie is very clearly concerned because she is a bit of a prejudiced snob and doesn't really want Zach with, let's face it, a black girl from a public school. Um, so Jack, excuse me, Zach is very wise in in bringing this to Alicia and pitting them against them. And immediately Alicia flips because she never wants to be on the same page as Jackie. Um, and we end the episode with, with Zach on the phone telling Nisa it worked and she can come over right away. Um, so I think it was great. We have an interview when we come back from our commercial, um, that the actor, um, Graham Phillips who plays Zach did with entertainment weekly regarding this whole little bit, um, that happened um, this last episode. And it, um, I think, sort of gave us some ideas about Zach. 
Um, he is clearly his father's son. Um, and I think that's exciting. And, and as we see the character of Zach Agent grow, um, I think that maybe some political aspirations will come into play as following in his father's footsteps. He clearly seems to have that sort of legal cunning, political cunning that um, his his parents both have. Um, and so that's where we're left. We, you know, we've been talking about all first half of this season that this has sort of felt like a, a, a gathering of the troops, a march to war. Um, and Will has finally got his lawyer in check all, all of the factions are forming sides and we're building up to this point now where we're going to be, you know, Will has finally been indicted and this is, this is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been building to. And this is really going to be where, it, where everything blows. As we saw from our preview for next week's episode, we are in court. Alicia's being questioned. Um, this is really going to be where I think this season finally explodes for us. Um, so we're super excited. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back with some news and gossip. We have some casting gossip as well as this interview, and then we'll get into predictions. So stay with us. We'll be right back. After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzz TV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different aftershows from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? Well, welcome back to AfterBuzz TV for The Good Wife. Um, let's jump right into our So, as I mentioned, we have an interview that was given to Entertainment Weekly by Graham Phillips, the actor who plays Zach on The Good Wife, um, speaking about these sort of plot developments that we saw in the episode Bitcoin for Dummies last episode. Um, Zach says, he reminds me a lot of Peter in this episode in the way that he is very manipulative. He pits Jackie and Alicia against each other and uses their mutual hatred. You get a glimpse of his sort of Machiavellian way of getting his way. It's kind of fun to see Zach play the system. Entertainment Weekly had the same sort of question that we did. Um, So Zach never dated Eli's daughter? Um, Graham says, me too. I liked them. It It was two funny, witty people playing off each other. I was interested to see where it would go. She didn't want anything out of the relationship. She just looked like someone who wanted to just have some fun. And that's the opposite of what any of his other relationships were. Becca was conniving and trying to get a taste of fame. Nisa, she's extremely sweet. But I don't want to say she's a bore, but she's what every mom would say is the perfect girlfriend. It's kind of funny. Zach seems to have a lot of romantic encounters on the show. He seems to have a lot more than anyone. This is coming from someone who basically had the same girlfriend for like the last three years. Entertainment Weekly asked Graham, are there any storylines they'd like to see happen for Zach? Um, 
Graham joke. I'd like I'd say a full-fledged romance between him and Kalinda would be preferred, but I don't know if that's going to work out. No, I think that he does have a political ambition somewhere in him, so at a certain point he has to go to college, as I do. I was talking to the creators, the Kings, about it, and they said that he definitely has the same political fire that his father does. So it would be nice if they nurtured that. The early, early stages of a politician would be interesting to see, asking his dad for help pulling strings. Honestly, that's one of my favorite parts of the show, when you see Peter at full force pulling strings. Not corrupt, but just on the verge of corruption. Like when he's getting us into the private school by threatening to screw up the teachers' lives with background checks. Entertainment Weekly went on to ask, In your mind, what is Zach aware of in terms of Alicia and Will? Graham said, he's still struggling with that, but he did get some insight into that scene when Will walks in with Zach when he's playing on the computer. Will's trying to buddy up to him, but and Zach just won't have it. He says, I played it two ways. I played it like I don't know who this person is, why is he acting like such a dork, and then I gave them a colder take, like I have a su- suspicion about you and my mom. I played it like he's an emotional scapegoat for me. You're the reason why my family screwed up, which isn't true, but sort of how he feels. They ended up using that take. It seems like for Grace, for the first half of the season, she knew more than Zach did. And then little by little, I think Zach's starting to piece it together. Entertainment Weekly said, I feel like there has to be more to that computer storyline than for it being a cute way for Zach to meet Will and Marissa. Graham said, there's definitely something that's going to happen there. I'm not exactly when, sure when it's going to happen. You never know what happens with the storyline. You think it's dead, and then it just reappears, like what happened with Nisa and me. I would have bet $100 that that storyline wasn't coming back, because I hadn't heard her name mentioned over a year. And then suddenly she's back, and we've been dating the whole time. Graham went on to mention that he is going to um, Princeton in the fall, and Entertainment Weekly asked, what does that mean for your future on The Good Wife? And Graham says, one of the reasons I chose Princeton over some of the other Ivies was its proximity to Brooklyn where the show films. Columbia was an obvious choice, but my sister went to Princeton. I grew up there a lot, I fell in love with the campus, and I loved the professor list. The train ride is like an hour and 20 minutes. When my sister was at Princeton, all of her classes were done at 2pm, and the producers of The Good Wife are extremely flexible with their schedules. That's why you get so many interesting guest stars. The producers make it work. So say my classes are done at 2pm, I'd be able to go in and film at night. So Graham sees no conflict there, and we hope that there isn't any as well. Um, moving on to some casting scoop, um, TV Line announces that The Good Wife's most eligible bachelor is about to get a couple of new women in his life. They've learned exclusively that nurse Jackie Scene Stealer Merritt Weaver has been cast in the recurring role as Will's younger sister, Audra. And The Good Wife's Nadia Dejani, whose television credits also include Ned and Stacy and more recently USA's Necessary Roughness, will portray Sarah, Will's 40-year-old type A body pants sis. The Gardner girls will apparently show up on Will's doorstep, determined to repair his personal life and get him a new girlfriend. And not surprisingly, their meddling will work his last nerve. A show insider says Audra, the one played by Merritt Weaver, is a 33-year-old free-spirited rebel with a rock and roll edge whose love of a good time provides a stark contrast to the bean-counting older sis Sarah. Will's younger sister is sort of the irresponsible one, says executive producer Robert King. Will was the one who followed their parents' directive to get a job that paid, and Audra was the one who was allowed to be a little more rebellious. So both roles will be recurring, and we look forward to seeing them later in the year. And that is your news and gossip for The Good Wife. And let's jump right into some predictions. And now, your AfterBuzz TV predictions. All right, so we don't come back until January 29th, which is actually this week. We didn't have a new episode last night, um, but we do get our first new one um, this Sunday. Um, the press release CBS put out 
has announced when her investigation with her investigation complete special prosecutor Winnie Scott Carr presents her evidence against Will to the grand jury in hopes of sending him to prison for bribery meanwhile Eli and Stacy Hall square off once again um, I was looking through their press release and looking at their list of guest stars because you can always sort of tell how an episode is going to go by which recurring guest stars are returning um, you know who's going to be in play and they're the list of returning guest stars is almost larger than the list of regulars um, next week. We have Amy Sedaris returning to Stacey Hall, who, if you remember, she was involved with that whole cheese, dairy board, fruit board um, debacle um, that Eli lost, which was his first major loss. So she's returning as his rival. Um, Peter is going to be in this, ep- in this episode. Chris Noth um, is on the list. Tim Gunney is returning as the um, investigator Andrew Wiley, the stay-at-home dad who um, the state's attorney's office hired, um, who we've seen again and again, who's always so much fun on the show, so it should be great to see him back. Um, Anna Camp, who plays Caitlin, is going to be involved. Um, and of course, Wendy, Dana, Elsbeth, and David Lee are all involved in next week's episode. So we've got a huge episode next week. The preview that was at the end of um, our last new episode showed Alicia on the stand and Wendy Scott Carr um, is sort of going after the idea of them being a romantic couple. She's bringing this into court. She's bringing this to the light of day. And Alicia just stands up and walks out, um, just gets up and leaves the courtroom. Um, Wendy Scott Carr tells her that, you know, she's going to be a contempt of court. And Alicia, we see the last thing we see in the preview, Alicia says, then arrest me. And she walks out the door. Um, So, like I said, before we went to commercial, this is going to be a, I really, this is, this is the explosion. This is the, you know, we've had a long, long fuse. We've had a 13 week fuse um, that's been slowly burning and the flame has been picking up and picking up and picking up and it's it's reached the TNT and I'm guarantee you that this week is going to be the explosion that we've been waiting for. Um, I think the biggest the biggest thing to think about is is this this file that Kalinda handed over at the end of last week's episode and what exactly does this file contain? The show led us to believe that it had everything that Will had in it, um, which. I think Alicia, I think, excuse me, I, th- I don't think Kalinda would ever do that. I think Kalinda is always a couple steps ahead. Um, I do think that Kalinda would protect Alicia over Will, but I don't believe that it's what we think it is. I think that there's going to be some serious either pieces missing or altered or something. There's there's going to be some sort of misdirection involved with that handed over file. Um, whether we find out about it next week or not, I'd not, I'm not sure. I wouldn't have a good guess on that. But I would say that that it's not what we think it is. Um, I'm super excited. I'm so excited to see where this is going to go. Um, what happens when this elephant in the room of this affair with Alicia and Will is finally spoken about? We know that Peter's in this episode. Um, how is Peter going to take... Wendy putting Alicia on blast like that. Um, you know, he is essentially the one who who has commissioned this, and he is also the one who can put an end to it. Um, and and how, how will he feel about that? Even though he might not be pleased with what Alicia had done, I still don't think he's the sort of person who's going to let anybody treat Alicia like that in court. Um, and then the other sort of volley in the air is that we have learned, you know, we know that Wendy's ultimate endgame is to take Peter down, and she's using Will 
to do that. Um, so just just how far will Wendy go is the question. Um, how can Peter stop her if he even wanted to? Um, so there's a lot of, you know, still so many questions. We're only halfway through. Um, you know, we're, we're at this pivotal moment, I think, in the season where it's going to take a turn and it's, and it's, it's going to go into this really exciting territory. So I'm stoked. I'm super excited. We'll be back um, at our regular time next week. Thank you from everybody here at After Buzz. Thanks for watching, and we will see you guys next time. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.